Podcast with the Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Marshall James. Welcome to the to the, to the podcast, as always. Uh, people might know you from behind the camera, and now you're in front of the camera, but you've also been here a few times. That's me. <laughs> this is my face. This is this is this is for, for the non-audio listeners. You can find out what Marshall Marshall looks like. Uh yeah. and um Really, we should be calling today the the I think we said the ancestors of artisan uh, podcast, both as yeah. uh, two of the founders of the format, but also uh, we're dads the fathers now, so we of the format, ancestors, fathers of children and and formats. Uh, but um, Dominaria United came out uh, for those who don't know. Artisan is a version of playing commander um, or competitive. There's one v one on arena. That's where the name came from, um, where you play with. Um, it's the exact same rules as Commander, same banlist as Commander, but you are playing with legendary creatures from um, that have to be legend. They have to be uncommon. Every card in the format has to be common and uncommon, legendary creature included. Um, and so that's the format. It, it kind of yeah. boils down. It's no rares. Yeah, no rares magic. It's uh, a magic that anybody can afford to play. And. Uh, We've talked about it a bunch on the show, but it's uh, it's pretty exciting if you miss the way Commander used to feel before Watsy learned about it and started printing stuff for it and making the format significantly more streamlined. Uh, it definitely has a bit more of the battle cruisery feel of 2010 Commander. So if you've never played Commander back in back in the day, in the early days when it was just a thing whispered about at conventions and spread on uh, message boards. Uh, I highly recommend you give Artisan a try. It's definitely a lot more interesting than it maybe sounds. Um, rares are not the most exciting cards in Magic. It, it allows you to play with a lot of like the uncommons that have been built around to be like draft format archetype defining cards, and it, it creates some really cool engines that like would be too slow possibly for regular Commander. You get to play here. Uh, before we jump too far into it, please first off hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, it's super appreciated, and 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 we do want to hear you know below which of the different commander decks from these different artisans that we talk about, which ones you are most excited to hear. We're also in the middle of unstable season, unstable. We're in the middle of the preview season for Infinity. Uh, we just uh, last week we did our preview card. We did it both on the MMCast TikTok, the MMCast Shorts on this channel, <laughs> as well as the MMCast Instagram. That's where we previewed it all. Uh, so make sure. Uh, Hey, thank you, Wizards, again, for giving us the free preview card. But uh, we also want to hear any cards you want us to talk about for we'll do a MMCast review of Unfinity. Uh, if not next week, because I think we might be doing Warhammer next week, the week after that. So please comment below um, with your which cards you're interested in, which ones you want us to talk about. Um, specifically kind of in, in vibes of what we talked about last week on the podcast, which was like, what happens if all of these types of cards from these supplemental sets get added to modern? Which of the cards from... Infinity, would you like to see be a modern card? We'd love to hear those comments below, and that makes sure that we hit up cards you want to hear about. Uh, and, yeah. and of course, hit that like and subscribe button. Super appreciated, and thank you to our sponsors, both Channel Fireball, um, where you can buy some one of the best places to get buy cards, as well as get a bunch of really cool command, uh, pro commander, etc. Any format you want, content all on ChannelFireball.com, uh, and as well as uh, Alter, Alter, Alter sleeves, uh, dot com, where you can uh, get really cool different custom sleeves. We have a custom sleeve for the podcast coming out next month in October, uh, which will reveal it. Maybe it'll be revealed here. Uh, if not, it'll be revealed on the next podcast uh, and you can get it through our Patreon and more information will come out soon. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be releasing a, a, a short on the YouTube channel at a minimum, as well as next week's episode. We'll break it down a little bit more, uh, but uh, big shout out to all as well. And if you use the code, the MMCast, you can uh, get 
discount plus check out some of our cool, you know, the ones that we liked, the card, the ultra series we liked. Um, all right, we're talking about artisan. As you mentioned, <laughs> one thing you did by is, is it's inexpensive. I basically foiled out my Vega the Watcher artisan deck, other than like a few cards, and even though it's playing. Literally Force of Will and Wasteland. I think the entire deck itself cost $130. Yeah. And you could, <laughs> like, yeah. And the cool thing is, like, uh, Force of Will is good, but you don't need it. It's it's a nice to have, but not a required. And Wasteland is another nice to have, but because the big power playing lands, rare lands of the uh, format, like, um, uh, like Gaia's Cradle and uh, Volrath Stronghold and stuff, are rare there's less of a need for for that and and besides you can play things like tech edge you know you can get your tech edge back in there you can play oh, ghost yeah. quarter yeah. back in there so yeah it was more i was more pointing out like most of the cards in this format even if you play with like this some of the stuff now like our uncommon is weird bizarre baghdad is a legal card in this format you don't need it <laughs> yeah sylvan library and demonic tutor and sylvan library and demonic tutor and if, if you want to be more a part of this uh, format, there is a uh, link in the description for the Discord for our sense of actually pretty thriving community. A bunch of definitely, people talking yeah. about deck lists. Uh, so uh, you can definitely jump in there as well. But we're going to be talking on a card-by-card basis. Because one of the cool things about Dominaria United uh, is that there are a lot of uncommon legends. Like That's that's kind of the big, uh, has always been the big stopgap. In the last year between uh, New Capetta adding the three-color legends for all the shards, um, the Baldur's Gate adding a bunch of new combos for backgrounds, and now Dominaria United adding, I think you said twenty six different options. There's twenty five. There's twenty five. We got we got twenty in the main set, and then we got a cycle of five allies in the Legends Retold box topper thing. Um, so that added, uh, yeah. So there's there's uh three more for each ally pair and two more for each uh enemy pair. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we this has been just a huge year for this format as far as uh, cards, uh, legends, like the number of legends possible has almost doubled this year alone. And uh, there's just tons of different uh, deck styles that are valid now. And there were a lot of very exciting commanders that came out in this set. So I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah, both 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 a bunch of like generically good ones as well as a few like direct build me rounds for strategies that didn't exist. And and so we'll yeah. we'll go through it and, and also talk about some of the key strategies you want to think about if you're thinking about building an artisan deck. Um and the start us off, we're gonna do this alphabetically. We're going with Arin Benalia's Ruin. Uh white, white, black, legendary creature, Phryxian, human menace. This creature can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. Black, white, tap it, sacrifice another creature, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Uh he is a three-three. Um, so one thing that it might be worth, uh, suggesting is, uh, as we talk about him, we talk about maybe it and the other one in its color pair, because they often are very complimentary at it. We can, we can do it. We can do it by color pair. Uh, let me just, yeah. So alphabetical. So the other, yeah. the other black and white one is, uh, Ellis, Ilcor, Sadistic Pilgrim, white, black, legendary creature, Phryxian Core Cleric. Uh, death touch whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control gain one life whenever another creature you control dies each opponent loses one life this one i think is to me the, the more exciting black white edition uh already yeah. aristocrat decks were is probably one of the, the 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 i would say it's deck zero of the format like if you're entering this format one of the weaknesses not weaknesses of artisan but one of the board state you run into is that it becomes a very clogged up board there's not a lot of big threats and there's a lot of really strong removal 
And so ways to kill your opponents through evasive threats, one of those being life drain that you get from an aristocrat strategy, are, are really strong. Plus, Soul Sister cards often are a lot of uncommon and commons as well. So there's yeah. a lot of really big play here. Yeah, Aristocrats really lends itself well to the format. Yeah, because the board stalls happen a lot and because all the Aristocrat triggers and a lot of the best sacrifice outlets have all been uncommon or common. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I mean, the very first artisan deck I ever built before we even were trying to push it as a format was a a Slimefoot Aristocrat deck. And yeah, I think the printing of Ellis Ilkor, I think Ellis is probably the strongest Orzov aristocrat build around commander for the for the format now uh it kind of just does exactly what you want i mean it's sort of like uh zulu it's basically zulaport cutthroat right but it's like zulaport cutthroat plus uh a johnny's presence i guess tagged onto a creature with death touch so you can also play around with you know putting a viridian longbow or something on it so you have for people it's 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 a it's a it's a soul sister right like it's soul warden meets meets uh uh cutthroat which is like exactly what those decks want i think like it only triggers off your creatures that's the reason i was oh sure uh, sure sure the 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 big the big diff the debate for me would be in for black white aristocrats deck commander is do you want ellis which is your like win con in your command zone or do you want a token maker right like that, that that would be the one alternative is that you can go in a slightly alternative direction where you have all these strategies in the deck while having you know just the token go wide strategy at the forefront as a way to like kind of come up the board and there are some there are better of course in the command zone black white token makers both some of the partner ones have that as well as some of the just the regular printed ones but i do agree that this does offer a really cool this is probably the best one. And of course, the two-mana creature is always going to be really powerful in the command zone. So this this definitely offers offers a lot there. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that uh, all those guys you're talking about would be in your 99. So if you build Orzov Aristocrats and you can test out, let's have Ellis in the command zone this time. Okay, next time I'm going to try, like, uh, was it Prava and uh, that big elf uh, Nadir? Like those yeah, are a yeah. good partner pair, or um, I've seen some folks doing like Thalise, the medium that makes a bunch of spirit tokens, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or even Ellen Harbury's the Busybody plus Agent of the Iron Throne is a good combo for that. Um, Aaron, like you said, is right. less exciting. So, so the, the black white, the black white artist, the black white artist in Aristocrats deck I've had up until this point was Prava and Tormod. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tormod's fun too. There's been a lot of fun toys in this uh, in this set and uh, in the uh, Warhammer 40k for some for Tormod. So, oh yeah, Tormod's uh, so cool. <laughs> yeah, I love that card. Uh, but but yes, yeah, to your point, like I think that you like it. Just depends on what you want to lean into more as your primary versus secondary strategy. If, if your yeah. primary strategy is aristocrats though and not go wide tokens, then then. Uh, LS Ilkor is going to be easily, easily one of the best options. As a secondary yeah. one, you do have Aaron Benali's Ruin, uh, which is maybe less aristocracy and more just a go-wide strategy value commander. I do mm-hmm. think of the two, Aaron is worse than maybe a lot of options that are out there. I, I think that's one thing that's going to be interesting as we go through this, is that we are now in a world where in Artisan, there's a, some redundancy. Uh, some of the colors yeah. don't happen. Like we'll, we'll get to blue-red, and both the blue-reds are super important because any of the any of the commanders that were like 
dungeon-themed commanders out of uh, uh, the original command uh, legendary. Sorry, the original Dungeons and Dragons set out of in the Forgotten Realms. Oh yeah, are basically unplayable. Right, they're not the most playable cards. Or there's, I think, the blue-red one for that is a, a D20. Is whenever you roll a D20, do something, and there's like three total common. Oh yeah, that yeah, roll yeah. A D20. But yeah, black white is not as as much in need of of different commander options. So yeah. So so the next the next color combo is blue white that we're going to do, uh, and that's Raph the Weatherlight Stalwart, Tobias Doomed Conqueror, and Tura Ken Kennerud Sky Knight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and uh, there's actually I think some pretty powerful ones. So so Raph is a, a blue white one three human wizard legendary creature. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you may tap two untapped creatures you control if you do draw a card um and then three white white creatures you control get plus one plus one and gain vigilance until end of turn uh tobias doom conqueror is two white blue human soldier with flash when it uh when tobias doom conqueror dies for each non-token creature you controlled that died this turn you get a two two black zombie creature token and then tura kenurid sky knight is two white blue blue flying whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell create a one one white uh soldier creature token three three um, first off, that ability just from from someone who has played against the the Jeskai version of that that lets you sack those spirits is just like very good. <laughs> oh yeah, Kaikar. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. so making make getting the, the the young pyromancer on a three three flyer is like really, really strong. With Tobias getting like a draw like a strategy to be able to like protect the creatures you control, or like a the one thing that I think with Tobias that hurts it is like board wipes aren't very common in this format. So you're you're almost more going to want to play this as a, a blue white aristocrats deck to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where like you uh, sack your board you and you play him and then you sack him and then you get a bunch of two, two zombies and then, and then the things you sacrifice have death triggers or other stuff that you play with. Um, one that I also had is like, uh, and I just, I don't know, like any, any type of like reanimation capabilities or rebuy um, that you can get out of the cards. There's not a lot in blue white that are uncommon common. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I would have, I would have liked if Tobias had been in Esper colors, so that you could have played him around with um, some of those like black instants that are like when target creature dies this turn, return to the battlefield. So you could have maybe done some sweet Tobias loops. Um, so yeah, I think he's definitely the least interesting of these three. But Raf and Tura together both play in the same space, and I think they definitely show up in each other's ninety nine. Sure. Um, and it's hard to say which one I think is more exciting. I mean, I'm a sucker for card draw. So like Raph being a cheap commander that's like, hey, how would you like for all of your instants and sorceries to cantrip? Uh, but they really feed into one another, right? Raph wants a lot of creatures. Uh, and Tura's like, hey, I'll, I'll get you some creatures. And I guess so, kind of the neat is, thing. Sorry. So, no, some of that ahead. is that they're, they're like these uncommons, the ones that are in the actual Dominaria United set are draft strategies right like they're they're the flagship draft strategies of those colors so like the same way that the black and the white ones both work well together because you have a you know one creatures die you get you you have your opponents lose life and then you have a sack outlet in the other one here you have the creature that makes the tokens you need to tap for the other one both when you cast instants and sorceries um i do think that like in this format specifically, being able to draw cards from just out of the command zone is extremely powerful. Um, like I have the my, the blue white deck, I do have like so I have 
currently I now have three main artisan decks. I had a fourth, I got rid of it. But it was a mono red artifact one. Uh, and it's Vega the Watcher, uh, which is really awesome. Uh, it's probably my favorite. It's the, the Tormod, Tormod, uh, black white token one I just mentioned. And then I just built Torwaki, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and like Vega's ability to just, just draw a lot of cards in the command zone is one of the reasons that that deck is one of the more powerful artists in decks I own. And Debrath has a very similar ability that's easier. Like Vega, I have to play with like flashback and foretell cards and, you know, uh, 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 rebound cards. Raph just, just play with two creatures and instant sorceries. <laughs> and, he, and he can tap himself. So, um, so he's like halfway there. Yeah. And then I also love that he has also your sort of win condition built into him. Um, uh, so like you definitely in in his deck with Tura, you you want to play a lot of those instants and sorceries that make you creature tokens, and then you're just going to be ripping through your deck, making a bunch of spirits and soldiers, and then um, once you have like a critical mass, you can just pump some some mana into Raph every turn, poke in for a bunch of damage, and then your guys obviously gives vigilance, so your guys are then able to tap later to still draw cards like it's just a very sweet synergy between the two of them oh yeah and i think i think like maybe we're playing a game of which is the best one of the color combos in this review episode because we're reviewing i think it's raf i mean like especially yeah. Raph lets you draw in the torah i do think tura lets you do a different strategy than you get to do with raf that like there are reasons to build tura instead um but more often than not i would build raf Wrap over Tura uh, for sure. Yeah. I think I think there is a cool deck to do with Tobias that's just totally different, right? The the like sack a bunch of things, make a bunch of to almost like a blue white aristocrats deck does sound mm -hmm. interesting. Um, you just have to figure out the reason how you're going to drain your opponents and like how you're going to win with with all the tokens you're making. But I do think yeah. blue has like blue has the ability. It has like flight, right? You can give all your things to you know, flying. There's there's different ways you can play around. Um, yeah, that I think could be really cool in a deck with Tobias that. Uh, I wouldn't. I would. I would love to see someone try and break that. I think like the difference between a turn and a raft deck though are, are pretty minimal. Uh, anything yeah. else before we go to blue black? No, that's that does it. Uh, so in blue uh, black, I will say blue black has the first commander in artisan that m might get us to have a serious conversation of banning a card. Now we're nowhere near that. This is the first time I've like actually considered <laughs> it, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So the three commanders are Ramirez, DiPietro, Pillager. Uh, Ramirez now has three different cards with his name on it, which is dope. Uh, Rona, <laughs> fan favorite. Faithful. Oh yeah, I need, I need, I need a. Uh, okay, so all I want from Ix, well, let, let's just talk about Ramirez. We'll do each one individually. First. Yeah. Two so Ramirez de Pietro, human, human pirate, four three. When Ramirez de Pietro pillager enters the battlefield, you lose two life and create two treasure tokens. Whenever one or more pirates you control deal combat damage to a player, exile the top card of that player's library. You may cast the card for as long as it remains exiled. Um, First off, I love this card just because it gives you a really cool strategy, right? Like, it makes treasure tokens. We now have a blue-black treasure token commander uh, in the format. You have the, like, get to play stuff off of other people's cards using a pirate tribal version of the format. Like, it, it offers, like, four different strategies of build around, which I think, like, is exactly what Artisan needs, is, like, commanders that, like, point you in directions and pay you off for going in those directions. Uh, yeah. What I was going to say earlier is all I want from Ixalan, and it has nothing to do with Artisan, I just really want a vehicle five-color pirate ship that lets you play it in the command zone. Five color pirate ship. I want a white, blue, black, red, green pirate ship uh, vehicle that has the text. You may play this from your command zone. I would be fine if it was Grixis. It would be okay. 
I would be willing to deal with that. But five color would be dope too. <laughs> I just, I, like there's well, so far pirates, pirates only are so in. Then yeah, there aren't any green five. pirates. Yeah. Five. I mean, I'd be cool. I, I hope we get another like. I appreciate Admiral Beckett Brass for who she is, but I would be interested to see another Grixis Pirate Lord because we've gotten so many cool, like, like Ramirez. We already kind of know this effect. This effect is very similar to what Britches does, and Britches and Malcolm are already a very strong pairing in this format. So Ramirez goes right in there. Um, it's well, interesting that Ramirez doesn't let, or you no, know, he, sorry, he goes right in that strategy, yeah. uh, but. But this way you get access to the few black. Now the unfortunate thing is most of the good black pirates are rare. Uh, well, there's the there's the one the one that makes treasures is not, and that's maybe one of the best ones. Oh, the ruthless knave. No, no, whenever like... creature dies, make a treasure. Um, I'm looking it up. Oh, pitiless plunderer. Yeah, yeah. you're right there. Ruthless uh, knave also makes treasures. He's a sack outlet that uh, makes treasures, but he's nowhere near pitiless plunderer level. Right, and um, I heard specifically, but there's even like Dire Fleet Hoarder when it dies, make a treasure. There's like there's like a few decent options here. Kite Self Rebooter, which is like not the best for commander formats, but um, yeah, it's mostly it's mostly because is it was the focus of all that pirate card dump that happened in Commander Legends, and that's where a lot of the commander playable non rare pirates showed up. Um, but uh, not to take away from Ramirez Di Pietro, uh, I'm a huge fan of his, and I like that he's really cheap. When you think about the fact that he refunds the treasure right away, I wish he let you play the lands. I mean, what kind of pillager doesn't let you play lands? But uh, and because it says you may cast the card as long as it remains exiled, you've got those two treasures, and so if your opponents aren't playing blue and black, you've got to be really shrewd. Or play a lot well, more treasure makers if you want to be able to cast the things you're pillaging off of players. This is a card like I'm going to play. Like I'm playing a lot of artifact mana fixing, right? Like arcade signet, any of the like even some the of the ones that I could tap for good mana are like things that I'm considering. Yeah, it, 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 Ramirez did after there's like there's a lot of really cool build around stuff. I'm I'm pretty excited by it. The next card yeah. is Ro- uh, Rona, Shieldred's Faithful, one blue, black, black, legendary creature, human wizard, three, four. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses one life. Uh, you may cast Rona, Shieldred's Faithful from your graveyard by discarding two cards in addition to paying its other costs. So this one and the next one, Gohar, Vidalian, Desecrator, uh, blue, black, legendary creature, Phyrexian, Murkoak, wizard, one, two, tap it to draw a card, then discard a card. If you discarded an instant or sorcery this turn, uh, this way each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. And then you may pay two to sacrifice it to uh, cast target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard this turn. If that spell would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. Activate this only as a sorcery. Um, so, by the way, that's the one of the two. That That's the one that is making what we'll talk about things about yeah. Banlist in a second. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, Rona Shield is faithful, like, as far as a card goes. It's a cool strategy. Uh, I don't know if there's a Spells Matter blue-black specific option really out there. And it does have some cool, like, Kind of what I'm doing with Vega, where you're like self-milling and then playing stuff from your graveyard, discard outlet, reanimator strategies, which are cool with her. Um, yeah, I, I dig that she gives um both of these both of these commanders are exciting, aside from their broken potential, both of them are exciting in that they give blue black madness a good out discard outlet in the command zone. And mm-hmm. madness is is some of the more interesting mechanics in uh 
in Artisan because, like you were talking about earlier, drawing cards is really powerful. It's even more powerful here in Artisan because you're you're nickel and diming your opponents. There aren't any of these huge, like a board wipe can oftentimes be like a 12 for one or a 20 for one. You don't get those that often in Artisan. So in Artisan, a lot of times you're getting your two for one, you're getting a three for one. And so anytime you can put yourself up cards in Artisan, it really feels good. And so Madness is a great way to uh, to do that. And so uh, before, you know, so Vohar, Vohar is the the big elephant in the room. And I'm excited just because I love the idea of a legendary merfolk looter. Like, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. That's so and sick. I lo- yeah, this card I is I love awesome. that timeline. It's like a mini Snapcaster Mage. It's a mini Jace's Grand Prodigy. It's a mini uh, merfolk looter legendary. Um, I like love this card a lot from a card perspective. The, the, the banning potential is that just that this might this might get us to pull the trigger on fan demonic consultation. So, so demonic consultation and lab maniac are both legal in the format six mana with it. If you get to six mana, which in this format is not hard to do and you draw demonic consultation or you tutor it. And there are tutors that are legal in the format, like demonic tutor. Uh, you just win the game. If someone doesn't have the ability to remove the things that you have going for you. And, and so, um, now the nice thing is you want to do it all in one turn, which you don't. Right. Have to. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the, the big thing is, again, we, we play with the same ban list as, uh, as commander. And I personally don't feel like we, we will need to, because essentially what we're talking about, anytime you demonic consultation, we're in CDH territory, right? Like nobody sure. plays demonic consultation in regular commander, right? No one, no one says my deck is a seven. If their deck has demonic consultation in it, like demonic consultation is one of those signpost. I'm playing CDH. Um, and so I think there are a lot of people who are kind of excited about the idea that there are some powerful CDH level combos that are available in Artisan. And I think I think part of the reason why I'm so hyped on pushing Artisan is that Commander is here to stay. It's Magic's most popular format and Magic is here to stay. So over the long stretch of time, we are going to have tens of thousands 20 of thousands of cards in commander and commander will need to start subdividing just like magic has subdivided into modern and legacy and pioneer and so artisan is to me just makes logical sense as a nice subdivision of commander and so i think it makes sense that that subdivision would then also have a competitive end and a more casual end and i'm kind of okay with the competitive end having demonic consultation lab man the, the the two slight differences and, and a this is me wanting to be like more upfront and honest about how we would handle bannings and if there are cards we're looking at to ban um then partially because we're a smaller format so you don't have the like financial ramifications that you do in the world of actual um commander first off i don't think this format should ever have a ban list that has cards taken off that are legal and regular commander that's one thing that like i am a firm believer in because sure. of the fact that it makes it no longer backwards compatible i think one of the mistakes right. as a big oathbreaker fan uh that oathbreaker made was unbanning primeval titan and some other cards because yes in oathbreaker it's fine but now if i have an oathbreaker deck i can't just like add cards to it to or i can't like take cards out to make my oathbreaker deck competitive i have to like also switch cards out and have a sideboard, etc. And what I want to be is like you can always play an artisan deck against a regular commander deck. You can always walk into any commander game, and if not, everyone has artisan because it is a much smaller format. You can always be like, okay, I'm going to try punching above my belt. Uh, and and, see and I've definitely, play. I've definitely won with some artisan decks. If you're, you know, an artisan deck is 
on equivalent or stronger power level than a pre-con. So if you're playing against a bunch of people who want to test out their pre-cons, you can play your artisan deck and and you're definitely hanging in there. Well, and we were just um, talking like ACDH comparable lists are possible in this format. There are a lot of very powerful cards and that deck will do well in a regular format. So that's that's the two things. The, the one reason I'm more worried about demonic consultation than others is that specifically this format has a win condition drought is the word I'm going to use for it. There, there are much farther and fewer between. So the incentive in blue black to have a way to be able to close out the game is higher to use something like a demonic consultation on that man, even at lower power levels versus in regular commander. There are infinite combo. There is an infinite number of easy ways that are fun and different than what CDH is doing to try and win the game in a blue black deck or in any, any commander deck. Yeah, they, that's fair. They are a little farther and fewer between. So, and right now, format's not big enough. We're getting the testing data to prove that this would be a problem. But it, this does put a bigger red flag on a card that when the format was created, I already had a red flag on. Um, and the community, as it grows, can help kind of communicate and see if this is an issue that's really happening. And we're nowhere close to that. Um, yeah. So in the meantime, I'm just excited about Vohar. Like, I opened a foil... Uh, I opened a foil... Um, uh, stained glass Vohar, and I'm excited just to build some sweet blue black madness and play a bunch of the untapped target creature effects so I can loot a bunch of times. I mean, I might play a lab man, but I won't play a demonic consultation because I just I don't care to win that way. But um, I'm just really like I love madness, it's one of my favorite mechanics, and so being able to just draw a card and then cast a spell for cheap uh, just feels so good. Yeah, and I think I think between these two, because the for the for the like throwbacks to legendary creatures, it's such a different strategy. I think Bohar is definitely the better of the two, and it does everything that Rohan Rona does, other than like Rona kind of wants you to do a lose life, gain life, like more of a like almost yeah, Rona, blue black storm. Yeah, list. Rona makes you want to play more blue black storm. Yeah. Um and uh it's cool that she wants you to play blue black storm and she's she like black has some of the better board wipes in the format and she's not afraid to be board wiped because you can then cast her again. Like her commander cost will only ever get to discard two cards and, and blue black can turning can turn discarding two cards into actually a good thing. Um, so I don't think she's bad. I I think she is the most different of the two color limited format commanders. Mm -hmm that we've reviewed so far, right? Like, yeah, I think that like Tura is more similar to Wrath than Rona is to Bohar. Cause I also think Rona and Bohar are not in the same deck. That's the other thing. It's like, they probably not. Limited, yeah. I can see why they would be cause they trigger off of similar things, but I am doing something very different in Bohar where I'm I think I could see myself. I think I could see myself putting Rona in Vohar, but not the other way around. Cause like, it's cool that you can pitch Rona to Vohar to Vohar's discard and then later cast her out of the yard. And if like, I'm playing a bunch of madness cards, then I discard those cards to, to would, cast Rona. Both both. Like, Vohar, Vohar's base ability is like Merfolk Loot or Snapcaster Mage, right? Like, they're one of the yeah, I mean, Vohar probably players. goes into every blue-black deck, no matter what, in the format, because he's just, like, so dang good. <laughs> it, it's possible Vohar goes in every blue-black deck in every format. I yeah. Have, in um, every version of Commander, right? Like, it's not... It's pretty good. <laughs> it's, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, opposed to it. Yeah, it's it's a good one. I love Merfolk Looter, so give me give me the legendary I have, one. I have Jace Prince Prodigy in a lot of decks, and Bohar is 
very comparable to Jace Prince Priority. Yeah. And maybe better. All right. Shall we move on to Rakdos? Black Red. All right. So we have three here. Uh, the first one, which we'll, we'll start with the legendary, uh, the Legends re- redo of Torwaki the Younger. Three Black Red. A legendary creature, human archer, reached lifelink. If another, uh, if another source you control will deal non combat damage to a permanent or player, it deals that much damage plus one uh, to that permanent or player instead. Uh, and then whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell, Torwaki the Younger deals two damage to any target. Uh, they are a three-three. I've already built this deck. Man. It's sick. Goodbye, yeah, this is below. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna say this is my pick for the best, uh, or at least it. Well, it, well, there's one other that may be up there, but this is this is probably pushing us for the best new legend out of the set. Um, because wow, like he slices, dices, gouges, and rips. He does it all, right? And like I love a legend that makes me feel really, really good about playing Lightning Bolt in my commander deck. Like sure, Lightning sure. Bolt becomes four and four and two split how you like and and gain two life. Like so much for just one red. I do. I do think best is it, it's so I, during building it. One thing that's really interesting is the like card advantage rebuying ability spells that you want to recast again and again in black red are much farther and fewer between than say blue red or blue black right it's like a weird by not having blue you do lose a lot of the things you would naturally assume would go here that being said there's a lot of cool stuff you get the two you get the you get retrace cards you get um some rebound stuff you get you can give torwaki infect and it does a lot of really silly things (laughs) yeah 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 you can give him death touch yep uh, so yeah. it's definitely a, a cool, a cool deck. He's also five mana, right? Like that—that that is not a, a thing to not to, to yeah. not, not remember. Um, but I guess the, I should have said cool I, you can do here. I guess I should have said he's uh, maybe not best. You're probably right, but it's maybe more. He's definitely in the top three ones I'm most excited about. Had you not called dibs, I was already like brewing this guy up. But. It, I, um, I like had already like bought all the cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the deck is here. I'm holding it right now in this in this the, nice the thing is, uh, brought to you by Ultra Pro Fibble Thip. Uh, where's Fibble Thip deck box? The other I thing is, um, Tor. Uh, the other thing is, a Torwaki is going to be a beast in this format. Part of the reason why I, I said that he's maybe the best is because, um, as you said, there, there aren't a lot of board wipes. And Torwaki starts turning a lot of cards that aren't quite board wipes into board wipes. There are a bunch of spells that do just like do one damage to each of your opponents, but or each of your opponent's creatures, and turning it into a one-sided pyroclasm wipes a lot of boards in uh-huh. Artisan. Artisan is much more tend to have um, weenie swarms because every deck, every color can field a bunch of common and uncommon weenies that are valuable. And so Torwaki turning uh you know i don't know raid the festivities or whatever that's like done deal one damage to everything your opponent controls turning it into a one side pyroclasm is just savage and or like electricery overloaded uh and and then on top of that he's also doing targeted shocks so you know like i'm going to pyroclasm your side of the board and i'm also going to point the the shock at your commander so now your commander has four damage on it it dies and and that's just like Torwaki being Torwaki. Uh, oh yeah, I think I think Torwaki does a lot of really cool stuff, and I think there's also multiple ways to build it. Like I'm doing the like 
whenever you cast an instance and sorcery, do one damage to, to every opponent type of cards, right? Versus mm. other ways that you can do it. So Oh, so you're um, doing like gutter snipes. But... Yes, I built gutter snipe top deck. But you could do yeah, mm-hmm. you could just do like a black red control deck that's just using red black damage spells that are good. Um next the next card is Lagamos Hand of the Hatred, one black red, human shaman one three. Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a 2-1 red elemental creature token with trample and haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. You may tap it to search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle. Activate this only if you have had five or more creatures die this turn. Um, this is another, like, I want to sack my whole board, Commander. <laughs> but <laughs> I do think, like, I think this one's, like, weird in how you probably build it. I think it's probably... Uh, like cooler than people are giving it credit for, but clunky. And I don't hate that in this format where like you can kind of look at different ways to do things. And yeah. it's not it's not tapped search your library for a card. It's, you don't have to sacrifice anything. It's just a five or more creatures died this turn of anyone's, not just right. yours. So yeah. there's definitely some cool things you can do with Lagamos, I think, that let you right. kind of like and Lagamos is already going to add one. Like if you don't, if you're not playing, if you don't need to cast that spell this turn, the uh, the elemental will kill itself at the beginning of your instep. So you can tap Lagamos in your instep if four other creatures died. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it is interesting that Lagamos actually like the legends. The legends retold don't necessarily play well with the main set guys, but this is a place where it maybe could because Lagamos loves seeing Torwaki blowing people up <laughs> and can then like once a turn like after Torwaki has like shot down a bunch of dudes or pyroclasmed a bunch of dudes away then mm-hmm. Legamos just taps to go get do you need a card draw spell to refill your hand do you need another board wipe what do you need do you want well, to go get that it... Gorgon head to give him death touch what are we trying to get the, the other thing with Legamos that I like too uh, is it's not at it's at inst- sorry. It is at instant speed. You you can you tap it in, so it it can happen during your opponent's combat step. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, so that's you, interesting. So if you play a Carter, like in a Carter deck, who is another commander, black red, and probably one of my favorite I've seen of the black red commanders. Um, yeah. Or if you're just playing with goat effects and just forcing your opponents to attack each other and have their creatures die against their attack steps that they're going through, you get to benefit on it every single time by like just tutoring for a spell and then getting the next goat effect or getting a thing that lets you blink card. Or Ooh, yeah, it. you can definitely chain goat effects together with Legomos. That's pretty sweet. Um, so that, that's like, that's one of the things I thought was really cool with the deck. I think, I think like people are underestimating that ability in this format, but I think in regular command, everyone's thought that there was just like another one of the like sack four creatures and tutor or reanimated thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You, you other people's creatures die. <laughs> How do you kill yeah. those? <laughs> Um, and the next one, which right. I think actually Black Red got like heater after heater here, which is great because I think that's a mm-hmm. strategy that always kind of needs expansion. Is Garnet Blood Fist of Kelp, one Black Red Red legendary creature, human berserker. Whenever another creature you control dies, uh, draw a card if it was attacking. Otherwise, Garnet the Blood Fist deals one damage to each opponent. Um, so this one definitely encourages you to be aggressive. Uh, encourages you to play with a bunch of stuff that just like dies easily but like you can yeah. bring back like the blood ghasts of the world or or the reassembling skeletons of the world um i've had i had garna in limited i got to play with her during the, the uh, you know during, uh, during limited for this 
format. And she's a, she is so hard to play against because you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I appreciate that she's sort of an aristocrat, but she um, she does also encourage you to just get aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. And I've seen, uh, there's been a lot of chatter on the Discord about maybe, even though she is not a goblin, she may be the best Rakdos goblin commander in the format because she does the things goblins want to do. Like, if she was a goblin and that was the text printed on her, she would definitely be the best Rakdos goblin commander. And so the fact that she's a human, she doesn't care if they're goblins, but like dragon fodder now can draw you two cards, you know, <laughs> like all these things that make tokens can suddenly be like, ah, I'm just going to suicide them into you. I'm going to play a bunch of, um, uh, you know, some Anthem effects and stuff, but I'm, I'm just going for the throat. And, uh, yeah, I, I like, uh, like both, both of her sides, like obviously the draw card one is better. So she encourages you really to attack because you don't want to just necessarily just sit around. But it is cool that you can just sit around and play Rakdos aristocrats. Um, but there are better there are better commanders for just Rakdos aristocrats in the format if that's what you want to do. But this sort of attack dose aristocrats is she might be the best one. It, it really, really negative, like it, it creates negative incentives for people to block, right? They don't want to block because then you get to draw cards, but then they have to block because if they don't, then everyone takes one damage regardless. So it puts them in a weird position, which is, I think, good for this format. Now, and as long as this deck can keep kind of rolling the steam out and keep having board states, so stuff like Lagamos or any of the like, make a elemental once a turn kind of effects like are really good here because you can they're like sacrificial lands that you can play they can die who cares you just got to draw cards or you get to keep building an aggressive board state i do think like as an aggro strategy it does create the exact incentives something like that needs where because the one problem that strategy normally has is like i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna block <laughs> yeah so, well, and so and then it out. makes then it makes um any of these like saboteur type creatures like the black ninjas or like audacious thief, like creatures that want to connect makes them so much better. Like you said, because if your opponent like blocks them and kills them, then you are going to get to draw a card anyway. But if they don't block them, then you get to like throat slit them or something, you know, something like that. So I, I do think both Garna and Lagamos, like maybe are both better in a Carter deck versus them being the stars of their own deck. Though I do like the idea of goblins and, I do like the idea of Wagamos doing its own thing, but that's that's not actually a bad thing. That's just adding to one of the good strategies that Blackbird has in the format. Uh, we're yeah. going into uh, of these of these two, which is the better one? Um, I think they do. I think they do different enough things that it's hard to say. Um, I agree. It's like really flat as a category. I think Torwaki yeah. is like better than both, but other than yeah. that, um, all right. All right so uh, yeah. Um, Okay, so our Legends Retold one is General Marholt Elsdragon, who's a two red green for a 4-4 elf warrior. Whenever a creature you control becomes blocked, it gets plus three, plus three until end of turn for each creature blocking it. Now, when I first saw this one, I thought, boring, this is boring as hell. Um, General Molhart uh, Elsdragon in the original set had Rampage, which is like an even worse version of this ability. But then somebody on the Discord, and I wish I had their name up here, but they pointed out how really good he is with lure effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like Taunting Elf, which is just a one mana, zero one elf that all creatures must block it if able. 
if you attack an opponent and they block, that elf will become like a 21-21 or a 24-24. And then if you like give it trample, (laughs) like it can get out of hand and like, and your taunting elf will probably survive after wiping their board. So it, it, in a way, any of your lure creatures become sort of like breaker of armies, which is a really strong top end right. threat in this format. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, Commander Mechanic had me on uh, their YouTube channel uh, at the beginning of September, and they um, where I like broke down artisan and what the format is because they had a deck tech for this commander specifically and uh, th- yes i think it was commander mechanic who who pointed oh, out the, that the, yeah so so the, yeah. All, all, the video uh is linked below uh you can go check that out and then uh on that video there's a deck list for their um their general marhalt else dragon deck and it's really cool uh like they do a really good breakdown on like what it can do and like yeah you like one of the key features to this format is you as a builder want to build your decks thinking of ways that you can break past very gummed up board states and it ends up that where i agree with that like general marhal in like regular commander isn't going to be that exciting because those board states don't really exist you maybe get one player board wipes and can do some attacking with your your four drop but in this format where like making it so that everyone in a on a if you want to attack a player with all your creatures, you just need one lower creature that they have to te- they have to block that one. You wipe their board, and you get to do twelve damage to them. That's a big swing in this format. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, it's it's actually interesting that he is a creature that gets a lot better in the in the L in the artisan format because of a feature of the artisan format, not just because everything is depowered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the right, next our, ones are our Rada Coalition Warlord, which is the first domain legend which I have thoughts on <laughs> two mm-hmm. red green elf warrior legendary creature three thing domain when Rada coalition warlord becomes tapped another target creature you control gets plus x plus x until end of turn where x is the number of basic lands among lands you control and then rulek mons war and chief one red green green legendary creature mop goblin three three menace when work mons war and chief attacks over the top card of your library if it's a land card you may put it onto the battlefield tapped if you didn't put a card on the battlefield this way create a one one red goblin creature token um and he has menace i don't know if i said he has menace yeah. i think mm-hmm. i think like putting domain on legendary creatures is like a frustrating move <laughs> for me uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah which like is cool if like you want i'm assuming there is a a like domain legendary creatures matter combo commander deck that someone is excited to build or standard strategy that people they were excited to encourage um the fact that like in this format at best like i don't even think does does green or red have good like this land has basic land yeah, type so, so there's own. not so there's not many. There's Nylea's Presence is the big one. It's a cantripping uh, land enchantment that gives enchanted land all basic land types. Okay, so that's, um, that's the combo. That's the so card that's the, that's the good work. card. Um, so the interesting thing is we got one of these domain legends in each of green's color pairs because mm-hmm. green green domain was meant to be a limited is meant to be a limited um, draftable format, and so. There's going to be a red-green one, a white-green one, a black-green one, and a blue-green one. I was really bummed that we didn't get 
a five common a five color uncommon legend it didn't even have to be five colors across the top but like if it had between its casting cost and activated ability because we've seen things like fusion elemental which is like boring but like dragon soul knight uh was a cool like part of a cool cycle of cards from uh the original alara that had like a wooberg activation in the thing and that would have finally given the format a five color legend that all of these domain legends would have been fun to put in uh so yeah the the unfortunate thing also for radha is that the payoff isn't that great like she doesn't give trample or menace like that's i would say that's true of uh all of all of the domain ones other than like reread the black green one yeah, all the domain legends are pretty weak. I think Czar Ojanin is maybe the best one, quote unquote. Um, it gives plus one plus one counter to a creature with toughness less than domain to each creature. To each creature. Okay, so still but we'll get to it. We'll get to it in a second. But they're all pretty bad, and yeah. Radha is maybe the worst because she feels like she should have given some sort of evasion on top of the pump, and she just mm-hmm. doesn't. Uh-huh. And so, if you're not doing tricks, she just taps to give plus two plus two to a creature. And at best, it's which plus is five, like plus five, so it's not even like it's not even exciting. So, um, boo, Radha. Now, Rulik Mons is more interesting, but I'm still a bit disappointed. Uh-huh. Uh, it's cool that he's hard to block, so that you don't feel so bad about trying to attack with him, but he's not quote unquote hard to block really in artisan. Um, Menace is not as great an ability in artisan for all the reasons we've been talking about uh, because of all the board stalls. People have a lot of tokens to throw in front of your guys. It also annoys me that Rulik, like if you look at the top card of your deck, if it's a land, you get to put it on the battlefield, which is sweet. If it's not a land, there's no put it into your graveyard or put it onto the bottom of your deck. Like if it's like just a card you don't want, tough you get to make a goblin and that's it sure, sure <laughs> and you sure. know what the top card of your deck is I, I will say i will say like there is now a red green goblin commander that's but there already was there was like, we had grum goblin. we had grum gully like grum gully oh, the generous oh, oh, is oh, super is strong format. never mind this card yeah. is trash <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> all right so existed. i have no i have no positive opinions on this card yeah but yeah to your point if it milled yourself or it did something like extra that you could take advantage of but like four mana maybe make a one one token maybe make put a land play is not good in this format <laughs> No, or at least give him haste on top of all this so that you're going to get but like he comes down you spend four mana for just a three three that does nothing yeah like come on yeah if it had had like a titan effect where it was entered the battlefield to do this and when it attacks also would like it but it doesn't do anything uh general marhal els dragon easy victor of the red green contest and yeah Uh, all right, so we go on to uh, Selesnia. Um, our box topper is Jasmine Boreal of the Seven. One green-white for a 2-4 human druid that has tap, add green-white, spin this mana only to cast creature spells with no abilities. And she also says creatures you control with no abilities cannot be blocked by creatures with abilities. <clears throat> so this card's really cool. It's weird. Like, it's going to do one thing. It's not exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. You play 
green white vanilla beatdown. Yeah, and it's going to do really not really good. You get there's probably some cool stuff you could do because like one thing you can do is like make her an R Enchantress style deck that like anything that you want to deal combat damage with like snake skin or 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 uh, you know the ones that you draw cards or whatever because because some of them yeah some of them it's the aura that does the thing yeah. so it doesn't turn off but some of them say if it says this creature gains and then puts quotes then right. it will turn off jasmine's ability um but yeah there are effects like i think she would be a good for um like gaia's anthem is uncommon now there's a bunch Ooh. of anthem effects um, noble purpose is an uncommon that gives pseudo lifelink, but it doesn't actually give lifelink, but it gives a trigger like lifelink to all of your creatures, yeah, yeah. which seems really great if all your creatures can't be blocked. So you're going to be like, oh, I'll swing in, I'll gain 12 life. My well, creatures and, can't be and, blocked. And tokens count. Like you don't get to use her first ability, but the second ability, and like as we said, she breaks parity. So if you want to do a green white token deck, this is going to be maybe one of the best ways to be able to do damage. Uh, and get around people's creatures that are in play. In fact, to the extent that there are enough commanders that do that that from this format, I do think that it turns the format a little bit on its head in the truism of, like, I'm gonna not have a lot to do over a bunch of turns. Like, a lot of these kind of break that, which is a really good thing for the format. Um, and yeah, to your yeah. point, there's ways to, like, add things to where, as long as you don't give the tokens the abilities, but you have things trigger on damage globally or you put plus one plus one counters on them etc you you can get pretty far with her and and yeah you just play a bunch of like good vanilla <laughs> you know the like Garuk's like, you know, gorehorn yeah. Garuk's gorehorn is a seven three with no abilities like let's do yeah, it there's gonna be some cool there's there's because there's like the you know the bailout that's a three mana four five like there's like just like find the best undercosted green white vanilla creatures throw them all in here and then make and some good token makers and some good things that trigger on combat damage or attack triggers and and you'll oh be, yeah you'll be great um the next <laughs> one is queen alela of, oh so these are the two draft ones so so first one let's talk about zara ojadin because you brought it up and i want to get to mm -hmm. these domain ones domain it's a, a three green white cat warrior four four we do now have a cat that is i guess one thing i didn't think of there is a cat green white commander which i don't know if we had that before we may have had it uh, whenever Zar Ojanen, Scion of Afrava, becomes tapped, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control with toughness less than the number of basic land types among land you control. So, if you are playing this in just straight green-white and you're not doing shenanigans, you get to make sure all of your creatures are X3s? Yes? And then put plus one, plus one counters on thing, which there are benefits to spreading out some plus one, plus one counters. Uh yes, she, this is the first legendary cat at a common. There you I was go. Just checking that out for you. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, so this is the most powerful quote unquote of the domain ones because a plus one plus one counter is a permanent buff, and it's each creature with toughness less than the number of basic land types. So it turns all of your X ones into X twos mm -hmm. every time it gets tapped. <clears throat> now, uh, we're gonna get to the um. So, between the, okay, so two interesting things between Radha and Zar, both of their abilities trigger when they become tapped, not necessarily when they become attacking. Now mm -hmm. they phrased them that way because enlist is a big mechanic in this set, so you can like enlist Zar and get their effect. But um, we do have the three color legends now, thanks to uh, thanks to New Capenna. 
and we now have another cycle of uh, uncommon or common even dual lands that have two land types. So if you're playing a three-color deck, uh, especially in these three colors, you get access to Rocco, Cabaretti, Caterer, who can tutor for anything. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing that, then you get to play Zar and Radha. Now, Radha, unfortunately, is just kind of bad even in Magical Christmas Land, but Zar starts getting good. Like, if you had all five colors, if you had Nylea's presence down, then Zar is just going to be tapping and pumping up your team every time. So I think there could be a world where if you wanted to try and make this work, either doing Rocco or doing Lagrella, and we'll, we'll get to the blue-green domain one in a second, but uh, Zar is maybe your payoff there because it is the, the best of these, but otherwise uh, it's not very exciting to me. <laughs> I, think, I think the green-black one is the, the other one that maybe is a contender. I don't. I think they're bad, sure. so, but like it does something. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the other ones. The other one is green-white-white. Queen, white. queen is cool, yeah. Yeah. Queen Queen Elena, Elenol of Wudok, green, white, white, elf, noble. Uh, her power and toughness are each equal to the number of creatures you control. One of If one or more creature tokens would be created under your control, those tokens plus one white soldier creature token are created instead. She's awesome. That, that's like, I mean, like she kind of builds herself like you're making a token strategy, but she does exactly what you want there and maybe even better. Anytime it's like make X plus one is a card that I really love in general in Magic. Uh, yeah. And then she gets massive, and so either yeah. giving her evasion or just having a uh, uh, yeah. uh, an abyss in play for one opponent is like cool enough. <laughs> well, and there's lots of good playable evasion, um, like obviously Rancor and like Armadillo Cloak, but like mm-hmm. a card that I think is really spicy with her is Pollen Bright Wings, which is an uncommon six mana aura from the original Ravnica. It's a six mana aura that says enchanted creature has flying and whenever enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player create that many sapperlings. Oh, cool. so, uh, so, you know, she's like maybe a five, five, you slap this on her, she flies, she hits somebody, makes five sapperlings, she becomes six. a 10, 10 <laughs> or six. six. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Plus one. But, yeah. And, and the other one, she's an elf, right? Like, and, and that does offer specific, yes, the white soldier tokens don't get to take advantage of that, but like, there are pre- very good white green elf strategies here, and like that for both sides of them, where there's a bunch of really good white elf, white green elf token making strategies that you can take advantage of. Then you create a lords for them that then she also gets to take advantage of both wanting to gum the board up with you know land of war elf effects while also uh, having the tokens and the token outlets to spend that mana on. So yeah, I think I think Queen Alenel is is definitely one of the more exciting ones. Um, yeah. And honestly, we All missed right, that in our we're... modern review, but I think she's maybe uh, maybe underrated her. I think double white is pretty rough for modern. If she yeah. was green, green, white versus white, green, white. If she was green, green, white versus green, white, white, I think there even is modern potential. For right. that. Or if she was a human body. that made human tokens, she might be yep. more interesting. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the one day, right. like Soldier, I think Soldier is like top three most common creature types in the game. So like, it's not like... Eventually, the right lords or benefits for soldiers get created, but we're a while away from there. So we already did black white. Um, so the next, the next color combo. Oh, so the best of those, I think, is queen, queen L and L. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, blue red. Now we're on to the is it ones. Yeah. So Balmor. Uh, so that is that is the end of the box office, right? Yes. So okay. those were our our five. We did them. Um, <clears throat> so we have Balmor, Battle Mage, Captain, Blue Red, Legendary Creature, Bird Wizard. Uh, 
also high on the most common creature type lists. Uh, one, three, both of those, <laughs> both of them, yeah. <laughs> Uh, flying, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, and gain trample in a turn. This card is bonkers. <laughs> this card is so, so good. So we already had a card that was like this, but weaker, um, in Adeline, Adelie's The Cinder Wind from Original Dominaria. Um, she cost one more, she had haste, but she only pumped up your wizards, and she did not give them trample. Giving trample is a game changer here. I mean, her also costing just two mana so like you don't even have to lament that she doesn't have haste like the turn you're gonna go off it's just two more mana to start yeah i don't think there's a single word on adelie's that's not worse than balmor other than maybe she has two power versus one power (laughs) which is yeah no balmor is a straight (laughs) balmor is a straight upgrade if you're playing adelie's the cinder wind you put it in the 99 and you put balmor in your command zone but like Man, the trample is so huge because so previously we didn't have a thing that made um, like Kiln Fiend and uh, some of these other guys playable. Like Kiln Fiend is strong in something like, you know, modern where there aren't going to be a lot of blockers. Standard. But, well, st- <laughs> there was there was a time when Kiln Fiend was playable. Uh, but like now Kiln Fiend can be good again. And in fact, there was there is a Kiln Fiend with kicker that lets you uh, rebuy uh, an instant or sorcery that's in this set that I think is really exciting to put in um, mm-hmm. this uh, oh there's like there's the there's the the two on flyer that for two that has red kicker like discard your hand draw three cards like that's a wizard I think too like there's a lot of really cool blue red cards there's also think- there's the dwarf wizard that ha- already has trample it's just a two mana one two but gets a counter every time you uh yeah, cast instant yeah. sorcery well like wizards matter here right just like play token making instants and sorceries and you're good <laughs> yeah now like, now anything that makes flyers especially but because they are trample like making just goblin tokens like Goblin fodder is good because on the turns where you're going off, it's just two mana to give plus one plus zero and trample to everything. But on the turns when you're building up resources, it gives you two things to carry it. Yeah. Uh, well, I especially and, and... love that this makes Goblin Wizardry, which is a pet card I've wanted to make work for a while. Um, that's a four mana instant that makes two Goblin Wizards that both have prowess. <laughs> well, if you if you have a way to give like Goblin tokens haste, like there's a really really funny. Um... Uh, storm list right that's just playing uh empty the warrens with balmore Balmore oh yeah well you well goblin war chief will give them all haste um Uh, like like this might be the last day first day of class yeah Yeah, first day of class is first day of class is where it's at here oh yeah it's just two mana all creatures that enter the battlefield get a plus and plus one counter and gain haste so you just start your turn by going first day of class, and then you're like just storming off. You're doing horrible outbursts. Storms win. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, speaking of speaking of like uh, the make two one one goblins, there's the dinosaur one that makes a haste dinosaur and a non haste dinosaur as well. That's like really good here. I think yeah. I think there's like 17 different ways to build this deck. I think it's super open ended and 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 beyond all of that, it's a two mana legendary creature of the command zone. So like being able to get rid of this forever is going to be basically impossible <laughs> right yeah i i love that if you're if you're if, you, if i'm playing my balmore deck and i sit down across the table from like your tour walkie deck i might be more cagey about when i cast balmore but the fact that balmore costs just two mana so i can just build up my forces and then the turn i'm going to do it 
start my turn by casting Balmore and then powering mm-hmm. out. Uh, so, the other blue uh, red commander is yeah. Nagel, the Storm Runner. Two blue, blue, red, Ifrit Wizard, uh, five four legendary creature. You may cast sorcery spells until they have flesh. And then when Nagel, the Storm Runner, attacks, you may pay two. If you do, when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. I think this card's really cool. I don't think it's as like bonkers as Balmore, but it does, it's a totally different style of deck. It does something really, really fun. It does do good things. Like giving sorceries instant speed lets you kind of play the counter draw go game. Uh, a five mana five four is not nothing as far as a threat goes. And when you attack, you get to get a lot of value off of that regardless, even if they get blocked. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, this is another deck that I feel good about playing Lightning Bolt in. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, this is this is the first time we get this effect of your sorcery spells have flash in Artisan. Uh, we you don't get a lot of gains flash in Artisan. I mean, that's the thing that made the original Raf Capassion pretty exciting in the format because he mm-hmm. gives all your artifacts and legendaries flash. So Najal is cool there. Um, I remember Najal was spoiled before Balmore, and we were all super hyped on it. And then Balmore came out and just <laughs> like I mean, just look at that guy. Oh, oh I guess um, this is the spell I should be playing with. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's there's definitely neat things that Najal can do, uh, and it, like you said, it's a it's a different deck than Balmore. So I kind of appreciate that they don't step on each other's toes. Right, right. Just but, being able to copy instants and sorceries like is a pretty powerful effect. Now there is there is the 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 that effect already exists that and is maybe at a better rate. It's debatable. There's a Rada, Rada right? No, not Rada. Uh, the orc, I think she is from oh, the Prismari. Yes, yes, the Prismari student, whose like, name I forget. Return to your hands Rio, to copy yeah, and sorcery control. Yeah, but I think I think the giving instance of sorcery's flash and then getting that a benefit on top of it does make it competitive and and for being five mana. That's like the only reason it, it would be. Plus, you get to keep doing it. You don't have to, have to rebuy it. Ah. Okay, I've talked to myself in the Najal maybe actually just being better than 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 that I one. think I think there are two different kinds of things because she whatever her name is the student she kind of is fine with sitting back and like making your yes. big turn really gnarly whereas Najal is kind of more Voltroni right like you you want Najal to be able to like get through you don't want them to die uh, when you have to attack and it allows you to lean into sorcery spells. Like I, it would definitely for me be a deck that I lean into the power of casting sorcery spells in my opponent's turns or casting them during combat. I bet I haven't taken a lot of look, but I bet there's a lot of sorceries that are just messed up if you could cast them during your opponent's sure, turns. Sure, sure, sure. Blue red. I think we're both on Balmore being the stronger of the two, but into black green. So first is Bartuck the Bone Rattler. Four black green for a troll shaman. Four four. This is the last. This is the uh, the black green domain. Domain one Bortuck, the Bone Rattle, enters the battlefield. If you cast it, two star creature card in your graveyard. Return that card to the battlefield if its mana value is less than or equal to the number of basic lands among lands you control. Otherwise, put it into your hand. So I think that that a grave digger that can reanimate stuff like a spore frog in this format isn't to be uh, shaken. It is. It is only when it enters the battlefield. So you have to figure out ways to like blink it or have it be recast. But it's only when you cast it. It says if you cast it. Okay, like, cast it. So it's only if you cast that's it. That's an unfortunate thing. There are a few green, uncommon and common uh, creatures that have the cost of return this to your hand. At the be- return yeah. a creature to your hand at the beginning of your upkeep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's like three good ones. I have them in my Vera stuff actually. I like, guess that's regular. true. Yeah, like Roaring Primadox and right. stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of cool that you can play it like a Marin, like a really powered down artisan Marin, because you get one reanimate a turn. Yeah, I think I think that's like the one reason this is interesting is that doesn't really exist in the format that I know of, and and this gives you an alternative to recreate the deck in the format. And you have to be creative, right? But that's fine to me. This is artisan is one of the places where you kind of get to do that. You can lean into okay, I'm gonna like have a lot of really powerful two drops and one drops that uh, I want to be able to reanimate, like a spore frog or the the um, the the one that you can use the caustic caterpillar right like there's like cool stuff like that you can revive and then you know you have ways to get domain up which we've talked about and then you just play yeah you are in black so you get to play a lot more tutors so you can tutor up that nylea's presence that is so clutch to turn these domain things on and um there are some artifacts like navigator's compass and stuff that can be played in any of these domain decks that can Mm -hmm. help you fix manas also there's an uncommon land from Conflux that taps to make a land any basic land type. So there's a couple ways you can do this in any of these color combinations. And so, yeah, it's true that if, if you wanted to, you could play and like use your Debonic tutor to go get Nylea's presence. And now Bortuk is always going to reanimate things that cost five or less. And so you could set up an interesting. If if, worst case scenario, if you just have like a six drop in your graveyard or a four drop, you can just, put that into your hand, right? It's not, it's, it's yeah. not like it's, it's you either get the reanimation with domain or not. It's, you can do the other hand of Marin, which is just like revive the spells, which I think is often good enough, depending on what you're trying yeah. to get back. So I, I think that Bortuk to me as a like legendary grave digger that sometimes can reanimate things, but if you build around it correctly, you can do some really cool stuff. It's very mana intensive, but as in maybe the best color combo in artisan to be doing mana intensive things like green, black, can produce a lot of mana. Um, specifically, Steve is available for this deck and is really good with this card. Um, and so I think yeah. I think that's that's pretty cool. I do think the the next one, Erg Spawn of Turg, black black green <laughs> legendary creature, frog beast. Erg Spawn of Turg's power is equal to the number of land cards in your graveyard. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard. You may black green sacrifice a land. You gain two life. I think this card's also great. The one thing holding this back is just there are not that many, like a lot of the land strategy cards and a lot of good lands to do land strategy things with are not, aren't rare. <laughs> They're not at common uncommon. So there is a little bit of a limitation there, but so yeah. There yeah. So this year has been a big year for black green self mill as a strategy that they've heavily pushed a lot as draft strategies. So they've shown up in our, a black common and uncommon. So um, several of the legends in um, Baldur's Gate dealt with this. Uh, and and so being able to self-mill and fill up your graveyard is quickly becoming like what black green does at common and uncommon. So it is cool that you can, you can play a lot of dredge cards. You can power dump a ton of your library into your graveyard. And, you know, your graveyard if built properly, can be essentially milling cards can be essentially like drawing a card if your deck is is built properly. Uh, a lot of greens regrowth effects, like regrowth itself, is uncommon. There's a lot of uncommon effects that let you do that, and uh, and there are now a lot of cards that let you then play lands and stuff out of your out of your yard um, that got printed this year. So 
I don't know if Erg is better than, say, like Kaga, which was the Golgari one in Baldur's Gate, that when it attacks, you mill some cards, and then you can play a card that got milled this turn. Uh, so it's sort of like a little... Uh, I, I think I think Erg is better to me. Like, first off, three mana is a big win. The fact that you it has the, my power gets big, I eventually become the Abyss, or if you give me any evasion, I'm going to just start killing people, especially command right. damage-wise, right? Uh, the the fact that it basically gives you a scry every turn is not to be laughed at, and that scry also is sometimes draw two cards a turn um, in a dedicated land deck strategy, either putting lands in your graveyard that you want to go there, or cards that you want there that have flashback, or dredgers, like the two of the four best dredgers of all time. Actually, of the best... Yeah, Stinky and Thug and, and Dark Blast are all... Yeah, yeah. So, so the creature, the two mana, the two mana, the uh, Golgari Thug, Stinky Dip, um, Dark Blast, and Dark More Salvage are all, yeah, all yeah. common and common. You don't get da- Dark More Salvage is get... obviously a, a super strong one in yes. in Erg. Yes. Um, uh, so I think there's I think yeah, there's like slap a Rancor one. right on Erg, and, you and just, uh, just get it gets to work. Whisper Silk Cloak, like I think, which would be really good, and like just playing it in the deck because you can. Um, like I, I think it does a lot of really small things that are powerful, and you can take advantage of it even further. It has a little bit of a psychotog ability too, right? Where you're just like, it's me versus you. We played a long game. Our other two opponents have died, and I'm just going to sack all my lands and kill you because you like mm. block correctly, and I you tapped out, and I have just enough green black mana to like sack the four lands that you thought you could take the damage. And I'm just like, Hah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely the more interesting of the two of them. And uh, if someone sat down across from me with an Erg spawn of Turg deck, I, I would not, I'd, I'd be sweating a bit. <laughs> Cause he, he, I think he's deceptively stronger than he looks and he looks uh, pretty strong for our format. Um, so now we go to white red. Which I think Erg is the better one, though. Though I, I, I'm here to say that I think Bartok is the best domain legendary of the of the four. Which is not a hard contest to win, but because <laughs> like you can build around this, the plus one plus one counter to all creatures you control. There are better creatures in green white in this format that can do plus I one concede, plus one counter. Strategies. I concede that point to you. Yeah, I think I think this is. I think you're right. I I I think I forgot that Bartok was a grave digger at rate. I thought yeah. it had to reanimate or not. I didn't see that last line of text. So I agree with you now. Knowing that last line of text, Bortek is the best of the domain legends, but and, and uh, that's such a hard contest to win. It was really neck and neck. <laughs> Just like the because since they're literally parents. all the worst of of this entire <laughs> legends pile we're all talking about. Like the domain <laughs> legends are the worst ones. Uh all right I, so I think I think it, they're by by far. <laughs> yeah. So in 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 Boros we get Baird Argivian Recruiter, another cheap legend. He costs red and a white for a two two human soldier. At the beginning of your instep, if you control a creature with power greater than its base power, create a one one white soldier creature token. So, so so the benefit here is it's two mana. If this was a anything more than that, this card's bad. But at two right. mana for a two two that you can just play and then start just generating one one tokens as soon as you can put a plus one plus one counter or a bone split like first off any commander that makes bone saw playable is a commander that i love <laughs> totally yeah, yeah yeah i mean <laughs> slapping down the bone saw and getting it getting it going uh 
definitely seems like the hotness. I mean, it's it's pretty sweet that like obviously Baird wants Skull Clamp, and Skull Clamp is a nice cheap way to get that uh, thing going. I mean, the unfortunate thing is Boros has a lot of token making commanders, and so. But yeah, Baird. You know, every time we see a two mana anything that makes tokens every turn, it's like, oh, this is sort of a bitter blossom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this this yeah it has it has bitter like. I think this card. And it's a is, soldier that makes soldiers, so soldier tribal obviously also pays off here. Oh sure, yeah, you get the you get the it's it's one of the things that like Tormod right like Tormod has the um the benefit of just like oh I get to play with zombie tribal cards without any effort. I'm not trying to do a zombie tribal deck, just like if there's a card that is good with zombies and then has tribal elements, I just get to play those for free. And Bard has the same thing where it's just like oh any soldier lord is going to be very good in Baird because you just are going to have a lot of soldiers and any giving plus one plus one to all soldiers is going to be more broken here than normal. And that's true with token strategies. I don't think like, yes, red white has a bunch of token ones, but the like the freeness of the token making here, like the minimalness amount of effort to be able to accomplish it is, is something that other ones don't have. Right. It, it, normally they're or they're more expensive or you're waiting to, toward five to be able to start turning it on in the format. Yeah. So Baird works pretty well with Tori de Avenant, Fury Rider, costs one red, red, white for a three, three human knight with vigilance and trample. When Tori de Avenant, Fury Rider attacks, all other attacking creatures you control get plus one plus one until end of turn. Other red attacking creatures gain trample and untap other white attacking creatures. So she basically gives Vigilance and Trample to your other gold creatures. And because she gets plus one, plus one to all your attackers at the end of, at the beginning of your instep, one of, at, and at least one of your attackers is still alive, Baird will trigger and make you a soldier. Um, so I do want to bring up really quickly before we get to new, there actually aren't mm-hmm. any, uh, there are like uh partner and, and uh background red, white combos that possibly can make tokens in red, white, but none, the only one that's close is Quantorius. In fact, I think the only red-white legendary oh. creature in Artisan right now that makes tokens is Baird and Quantorius. Quint- well, so, I have a soft spot for Quintorius because it's was it's a an Artisan deck I have together that I love very much. Oh yeah, it, but it's uh, just a totally separate strategy. Sure, like how you make Quintorius work is not the way that you would go yeah. about making Baird work. That's true. So that that is surprising. That surprised me. That that um that effect is so rare so way to go baird that's cool just um, recruiting our gobians uh <laughs> so, <laughs> <the Fury> Rider. <laughs> so i don't know about you but okay so so tori plays in this space that agris costs sort of played in where like you definitely get the most benefit if you're playing a lot of boros guys um it like it's sweet that she makes baird a vigilance trample three three um and it's also interesting that the effect untaps each other white attacking creature you control. So if you like attack with your mother of runes, um, which is normally like a terrible idea, but if you know you're swinging into somebody who shields down, you can poke in for two extra and you're going to have your mom still untapped to do her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's pretty sweet that if you have a bunch of like spirit tokens that fly, having them have vigilance is is pretty sweet being able to swing in, get your punches and still have guys on defense. So Tori, I like, I don't think Tori is, uh, setting the world on fire or anything. Um, I think she's, 
I think she's pretty interesting if you're playing a Boros attacks deck. Mm-hmm. Um, because just being a, an uncommon uh, anthem effect that is going to untap all of your soldiers and spirits and stuff like that, like that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, you know, actually, I think Baird might be the more interesting of the two just because he's so cheap and easy to turn on. Baird does something that Boros does do, but not like my problem with Tori is Tori is like a great example of like what Boros commanders did for 10 years of command or, you know, 25 years of commander's history where collectively the world was like, Boros is the worst color combo in the format because this sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Artisan doesn't make that better. It's not like being aggressive is a stronger abil- uh, uh, strategy in this format than it is in regular Commander. You don't have as many ways yeah. to like, go over the top. So I do think that's that's the limitation here. It, Tori in a deck like Baird, or if you wanted to do um, like the Naya, the Naya um, domain deck you were talking about, and maybe just like taking advantage of like different legendary creatures there could be interesting but i think yeah well, I like think. i i think granting trample to your entire team of red guys is not to be overlooked like i'm, I'm definitely playtesting tori in my quintorius deck because sure. quintorius is really good at making a bunch of four two spirits but they don't have any sort of evasion so tori swinging in makes them all five threes with trample and vigilance um so i'm i'm excited about what she can do in the 99 i'm less I care less about her as a commander, but she, but she does encourage you to play specifically Boros cards. Correct. Uh, because you want to get both of the effects. And so that's kind of fun. She's kind of like an uncommon version of General Ferris Rockerick in that way. And, and she is the only commander in Boros right now that's not one of the partner or background ones that does encourage attacking like this just because most of those are rare. So so it is it is for this format a new style of commander. It just is a strategy that I don't love. Um, <laughs> but it's nice to have some out also because there's just a lot of equipment ones, right? There's like four different equipment uncommon Boros ones. So opening up strategies, the other things is really important, which these both do. Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, now on to the last color combo and the last uh, two legendary creatures for tonight. We have Niall Evazau Aeronauts. Two green-blue, legendary creature elf scout, flying, domain. Uh, whenever they deal combat damage to a player, look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the number of basic land types and lands you control. Put one of them on top of your library and the rest on the bottom in random order. Then if there are five or more basic land types among lands you control, draw a card, two, four, uh, of four mana flying elf scout that lets you scry for two uh, yeah this <laughs> so so this card is disappointing to me on multiple levels one it has the word avazoa in its name and it implies what it is but you don't see the avazoa so you magic do. players avazoas are flying jellyfish things you see sort of its tentacles i guess you see some of them floating in the background yeah but like I love the idea of an elf that is using a floating jellyfish thing as like a blimp or mm-hmm. a, or a hot air balloon, but the the angle that we see we don't we only just see its tentacles hanging down. Yep. Okay, so the thing that really really annoys me here is domain is easiest to pull off in our format in blue. There are a lot of blue effects that change the basic land types of lands. There's just a lot of creatures that tap to make land types various land types so 
if you were going to do domain in our format where there aren't five color things, the easiest color to do it in is blue. And the worst, I think this is maybe the worst one. I mean, it's up there with Radha. They're both pretty bad. But yeah, so Nail just kind of peeking. I mean, I guess it helps you dig for your... But but even the payoff, if you have five basic land types, you get to impulse for five when you when you hit. And she's not she's like a two four for four. Like, I don't know, she's just so bad. I think I think if you can turn it on, it's a fine ability, but it's so much worse than any of the other blue green options if you get the format <laughs> like yeah. yeah i and the amount of effort to do it is so much higher i like i think this is the worst this might like this might would be it a competition have, for worst card in the set would it have been so bad if no matter what you drew a card after looking at the lands that after looking at the cards like well, it would have just been a legendary thieving magpie that's like better than thieving magpie, but requires two colors and four mana. Versus thieving three. magpie's a four mana. Oh, isn't thieving magpie three? I'm thinking it's something else. Never mind. Yeah, continue. Your Ophidian is three. Thieving yeah, magpie yeah, is four, so yeah. it can fly. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I. I. You know. Whatever. We. We've spent too much time talking about this bad card. Yeah. It's bad. Like. Like. I, like it sucks. So previous, I think, like one of the like what people would say is one of the worst for blue green in the format is uh which i disagree with to be honest but corlesa scale slinger so green blue dragon bard one four you may look at oh no that one's library, so much more exciting like, than this card yeah because the, the, just the ability to look at the topic card of your library at any time is so much more interesting and abusable <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. plus plus, you plus get thankfully yeah and it's a two mana like i love myself a two mana legend yeah yeah Alright, so the last uh, card, last legendary we're going to be talking about, Return of the Queen. I, like, you know, the first card when people enter Artisan, they're like, oh, that card's gotta be broken, right? That's the card that needs to be banned first. Which, yeah. like, Have you guys banned Tatiova yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the most common question. Tatiova, Steward of the Tides. Uh, and this is for the original, so for those who don't know, and hopefully it's on screen, this is a return of a character. Tatiova was in the last Dominaria set. And is three black, three blue, green, and whenever you play a land, landfall, draw a card, gain a life. Um, which in regular commander is very powerful. <laughs> in and in, in artisan is good. Is good. Um, but you don't have fetch lands. So when you don't have fetch you don't have lands, fetch lands. You don't have exploration and Azusa. You don't have those extra land drop effects either. You ramp spells are still good. I mean, it's still great to ramp and growth and draw a card or cultivate and draw a card. Um, but she is good, turns- she's not broken. But Tatiova's Through the Tides, uh, Merfolk Druid, Legendary Creature, 3-3 three, three for green, green, blue. Land creatures you control have flying. Uh, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more lands, up to one target land you control becomes a 3-3 three, three. elemental uh, three, three elemental creature with haste. It's still a land. I just love that this is like a strategy that doesn't exist in Artisan that can be very powerful. There's a lot of weird, cool cards that turn lands into creatures, including like the Genjus and the the um, the, the Rith Awakener, and there's even like some allies that do some cool stuff. Uh, there's just like a bunch of cool things you can do with this. That's fun. I mean, she is worse than t- regular Tatiova, but she is a different style of commander that is leaning into a different type of strategy that is fun. 
It's cool that uh, this Tatiova plays very well with the old Tatiova. So if you played one of them as your commander, the other one would definitely be in your 99 because this gives five mana Tatiova a good win condition. I mean, once you're up to seven or more lands, you don't care if you leave, lose some lands to a board wipe. Like you've seven lands, you're you're cooking with gas. And given them all flying, like they they become a lot harder to deal with. I do think that if I'm choosing, partially from an entertainment perspective, I think I think I'm much more interested in playing this Tatiova with original Tatiova in the '99 than the reverse. Uh, I think I think maybe regular Tatiova wants this card in her '99 once in a while, but I think like this is the commander that you build around, where Tatiova is a great card in that deck. Right, where like, sure, because the cards this card wants a bunch of other cards that do similar things to make take the most advantage of the fact that land creatures you control are flying, um, versus regular Tatiova that like might want this ability but not always. Um, and I do, I do think, like, as we mentioned with some of the other ones, the fact that this does break parry, the fact that it does give you a army of flying hard to kill creatures is is valuable in this format and, and something that you could do some cool stuff with yeah yep yep and this is a this is a neat one i i don't think it's i i think it's very cool the uh and yeah like you said having this as your commander instead of old tatiova which because she's quite a bugaboo in regular power commander having steward of the tides as your commander definitely keeps some of the heat off of you yes um Regular tattoo falls, falls definitely prey to. Oh, you're playing the one. You're playing the one. We're gonna kill you first, and and it is not powerful enough to handle three players going after you in the way that it can do that in regular commander. Yeah. Okay. All um, right. Do you want to go over some non legendary? We're now at an hour and thirty minutes, so. So there were just a couple not legendary things that I just wanted to talk about, and we'll make it real quick. One of the big things is dual lands we now have another cycle of dual lands we previously had the snow duels and when we say dual land we mean ones that have two land types on them and so this is pretty exciting for effects like farseek and other cards that just specifically call out land types and there are there are fetch lands in this format i kind of misspoke earlier there is the original tapped fetch lands they enter the battlefield tap you untap with them and then you can do the fetch land thing in this format that means you're spending that land drop to have a tapped land twice, but you can always just get, if you don't want to go get one of the, the, the dual lands, you can get a basic with it. So, so it, it does, it does just act as a normal tapped mana source if you need it to, or it can just be like God tier fixing. If you have the ability to go two turns with a, a tapped land entering play. Um, yeah. You do also uh, get the, uh, really, before we actually, before we continue past the land, I do want to bring up, uh, please make sure to hit that like and subscribe button, as always. Uh, also, uh, if you are planning on going to MTG Summit, we uh, parts of the cast, me, Ben, uh, are going to be going. Um, if you use the code CAST, K-E-S-S, uh, if you're going to go and you want any bypasses, use the code CAST. It, it helps uh, get get us there and, and, and helps get you a discount. I believe you get a, a, a decent discount off of it as well. Um, I'm going to actually be at some point in the next month on Kingdoms TV's YouTube channel, uh, actually playing the Torwaki deck that I have um, against regular commander decks. I'm taking an arson. I'm taking a knife to a gunfight, uh, but it's a knife that I can <laughs> I throws knives. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> infected ones. Um, yeah, uh, and I guess those are called arrows. And he's an archer, 
So maybe I should have gone with um, taking a bow and arrow set to a gunfight. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I wouldn't. And, I wouldn't. I wouldn't completely bet against an archer in a gunfight. Yeah, especially because it has like the like, oh, you're the archer, and there's two guys with guns. I'm gonna focus on the gun people, and they're just like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Hawkeye yeah. is a major and superhero character in a world yeah. with laser vision, not even just <laughs> just yeah. guns. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, looking over the the other comments and comments that were in the set that interest me don't interest me in ways that I think really need to be talked about. Um, so uh, the the legends are definitely a lot more interesting, but there were a lot of cool new commons and uncommons in the set as usual. I think the the standout non legendary one for me is Tear Asunder, um, which is the uh, it's a cost a green and a one for a instant that exiles target artifact or enchantment which is already an upgrade over naturalized but it has kicker one to black if this spell was kicked exile target non-land permanent instead so for four mana this can hit anything for two mana it hits an artifact or enchantment and it exiles it which is super huge so i mean this card just seems like an auto include in any golgari deck in artisan and strong argument for it to be an auto a, a auto consider in all Golgari decks and commander period. Um, Cause it's just so flexible and being able to exile like in regular power commander, be able to exile gods or some of these indestructible equipments for just two mana seems super sweet. And the, the ability to kick it up to take care of uh, other problematic permanents just seem really huge. Oh yeah. But there's a whole, there's a whole cycle of these off color kicker spells. And a lot of them are just really, really good. Oh, I was going to say that they're like uh, the, the, I like Hicker so much more in this set than I did in Dominaria the last time. In fact, I've kind of always not liked Kicker as a mechanic. If you're going to pick, like, the gold standard mechanics, flashback, Kicker, cycling, uh, Kicker is by far my least favorite. Um, and this this is maybe the first set where I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like a 2-1 flyer that you can kick to draw cards, discard cards, a, a, a the black green, the disenchant that lets you kill a, a full thing for four mana, you know um that you mentioned so th there's there's definitely some really cool ones um yeah out there that I'm, I'm pretty hyped for yep definitely keep an eye on on that whole kicker cycle because i'm looking at it here seven of the cards that i was like oh this card's really interesting are these off-color kicker cards so there's there's a lot of cool toys uh for that and um yeah maybe maybe some point we will uh be able to talk about maybe after unstable comes out we can talk about the common and uncommon cards that both unstable and these warhammer 40k decks added because uh yep. warhammer 40k is i mean it's everything about it looks pretty cool and then there are a lot of new common and uncommon cards and i'm like oh wow that's very cool there's so many new cool stuff i like the warhammer set all on its own is really cool and i'm really excited about all of the different stuff especially our preview card that we previewed last week from unfinity i've definitely seen oh. cards from it since we're recording this three weeks at a time yeah <laughs> um, well so. so so we've technically already previewed that uh on that unfinity card right yeah it's so cool Did so we can talk that? about it oh, yeah, i feel yeah. like you should be required to call a friend who does not play magic oh sure sure like, I definitely will have my wife as, like, a default person to call if I get that card. <laughs> because I love that in the reminder text, it says, do not explain anything else. Like, one of the, one of the lines of text is, like, 
uh, phone a friend and ask them to choose one of these four. Do not explain anything else. And I like I I feel like there should be a call someone who does not play magic and ask them this. Oh yeah, I, I think I think like call your mom and ask her mom <laughs> do i want to draw three cards <laughs> it's by far it's by far the best option i think the one thing is you might be bothering laura every time you call her yeah. um but it's 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 a really cool i like really like the design of it i think it's like because when we previewed it we didn't do like a breakdown uh so so it definitely is like more of an interesting um take on a charm spell than like we've seen and i think it's like really good use of like the unstable technology it's funny that we got an unstable card because i would i like would say that multiple levels of us aren't unstable or like un uncard like acorn card type content creators but um, i was really yeah. excited about i think honestly the reason we got it is because ben does trivia uh if i'm it's like a, a reference to ben oh doing phone content. a friend yes. yeah, yeah 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 it's a, it's a uh, that's that's my that's my hot take is is um it's been we see you wizards we see you <laughs> connecting the dots um all right well. so so once again thank you so much Mar marshall if you want to check out artisan we do have the uh discord linked below uh, there's a ton of great content there uh or if you just want mm -hmm. to go to facebook or the reddit we have all of them you can go to artisan uh artisancommander.com there's a link to all of the different social places you can follow and join uh the discord is by far the most popular but the facebook and the reddit uh there's stuff happening there as well so make sure to check it out um we'd love to yeah. hear once again which un uh, unset cards which which unfinity cards you're most excited by both for um black border play because there's a bunch of black border ones or ones that you want to maybe see become black border or a mechanic you want to explore in the future um or artisan commanders there's a bunch of uncommon we, we know now uh, recording this in the future that there is uncommon commanders out there so uh make sure to check all of that out and um and and please comment below uh so thank you so much and marshall any any shout outs you want to do before we head out no, just keep listening to uh, the MM cast uh, brought to you by Time Traveler Media and uh, definitely check out if, if I had to recommend another one recommend uh, we are also producing a show called The Doctor's Art, which is conversations between um, people in the medical field talking about this particular moment in medicine, which, you know, it's a pretty tense time dealing with COVID dealing with um, just, a you know, there's a lot of stresses going on on uh clinicians in the world so it's a lot of interesting thoughtful talks with doctors nurses administrators um, brought to you from the folks at stanford medical school so i'm really proud of the project i think we've got a lot of cool things going on there so the doctor's art is the name of that podcast awesome yeah that sounds really really amazing uh so yeah thanks everyone and and uh, we'll talk to you all next week this has been a production of time traveler media Sending podcasts into the future.